Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call. Get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Okay, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. Here's Saul Tlamachia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. You know, one of the things that I, you know, I look at this last couple months, and you get through the, the trade deadline, and... You know, it was different when you played because you had the waiver trade deadline. But there is sort of a... I would imagine you've been on teams that that you said, okay, let's go. Let's go. You know, this the, the deadline's come and gone. You know, either we added, we subtracted, whatever... I have never been part of a Major League Baseball team that was that was rifling to a World Series or the playoffs... What are, what is it like right now for 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 a team that actually is competing? Well, I think any team, you know, is never fully complete. You know, there's always somewhere that you feel like you can improve. And from the atmosphere in the clubhouse, I think when you know management goes out and gets a piece, man, you just feel like the players and upper management are we're really on the same page. Like they really want to win. So two examples for me. Where when I was with the Marlins, um, this was after we won in 03, we had, you know, no more Pudge Rodriguez behind the plate. So we had, you know, we needed some, we needed some catching. And at that, that time, Paula Duca was, was an all-star catcher. And when we acquired him, we were like, wow, mm. you know, they believe in us, which was, a, which was, you know, it was a great feeling. And then I'd even go in 07 um, when we acquired Gandhi. Now, I didn't, Gandhi actually didn't pitch as well as he wanted to. But, you know, the name and coming in, I said, man, we had, you know, you had Okajima in the eighth, you had Papp in the ninth. I was like, we had Gagne, man, we could make these games six inning games. So, you know, you feel like you get a little jolt of energy, you know, you feel like you add a little more depth. Because I think depth plays a lot going into the last two months. Everyone's tired. You know, mm-hmm. there's not a team out there that goes into August and is like, man, we feel so fresh. So that ability to maybe not tax the bullpen as much or give, you know, uh, some guys that are position players that are just grinding it out every day, an extra day off. Um, I think it plays big to be able to then 
feel as good as you can and, and as close to your best going into the postseason. That's a big part of it. I think that, and we've talked a lot about it around here, around the Red Sox, is that, yeah, okay, you know, you can roll with what you have, but what you have and what you've done doesn't necessarily translate to the last two months because you've been beaten, beaten down by a baseball season, you know? And so, I mean, like, to, to your point, you have to sort of supplement it some way, somehow. Maybe that's from the minor leagues. I don't know. But to think that a guy, that a team is going to just be the same from for seven months and have the same sort of freshness that you did in the first three or four, I mean, I can't imagine that's realistic. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're just kidding yourself. You know, if you really think that you can, you know, go in with the same, um, I don't know, arsenal. Let's say that you do in April and May um, to carry that through August and September. I, I, I think you're you're probably asking to do something with smoke and mirrors, and usually that might work for a week, ten days, but it's not going to last for two months. So that the supplementing of some area, you know, even if it's a, if it's a strength to add depth to it, it's it's huge. It's huge because um, when the postseason comes. I don't think you always play the best player. You know, we've seen it time and again. You play the hottest hand. Hmm. So if you have more than one option to choose from for the hottest hand, and it's not really position player based. There might be one or two positions where you can think that, but I think it's more bullpen. You know, there, there are some guys that they're just on, and they're on for a good, you know, week, week and a half. Well, you got to ride that guy in the postseason because in the end, you know, like they always say, check your egos at the door, but it's really prevalent in the postseason because – Everyone wants to, you'd hope everyone wants to win the World Series mm-hmm. instead of saying, hey, this is my turn. I need the inning here, uh, even though my ERA is a seven in my last seven appearances. You know what I mean? Like, like, like we got we got to play the guys that give us the best chance because it's such a short-term thing and each game is so important. You you talked about the clubhouse. You know, there's, there's what you just talked about, about just resiliency and understanding that you've got to get to October and through October. But then there's, like, the clubhouse aspect of it. Um, and, like, like you also said, Gagne comes in, hey, you know what, we got Gagne. Whether he pitches well or not, it's basically a letter from the front office saying, we believe in you, go get him, right? I mean, that's that's not – yeah. 100%. Now, and I don't think that translates into guys are going to practice harder, that guys are going to, you know, take more batting practice. You know, I, I, I struggle to believe that guys don't give 100% day in, day out. But what it does do is – when front office comes into the clubhouse or if they ask you to do something a little extra, man, you're a lot more accommodating because they, you feel like they had your back. They went to bat for you. It's like any relationship, you know, if you feel like someone supports you and what you're doing, when that person asks you to do something, you're much more likely to say yes. And I just think it breeds a much better, uh, let's call it a working relationship because I really believe when I first came up to the big league, so you're talking late nineties, mm-hmm. I felt most teams were upper management and players. Mm-hmm. It, it didn't feel like there, there was a, this was a cohesive unit. It was, we run the money and, you know, <laughs> baseball ops, and you guys are on the field. So a lot of times I think some, you know, 25-men roster felt like they were maybe up against the world and, and up against their own management at times. And I'm just saying teams I was on, I think, across the board. And I think that communication is really important now because – um, there are a lot of things that baseball has to do that affect the guys on the field and much more now with how analytics play in. So I, I think it, it's, it only improves the whole environment of winning, let's say, 
when the players and upper management feel like they're on the same page. Well, along those lines, then you have the the non-traditional deadlines where, you know, and there might have not have been a more non-traditional deadline for you than 2008, the Manny situation, right? So Manny's obviously a really, really good player, but it got chaotic in that last month. And then they make the three-way deal, and you get Jason Bay, a really, really good player. Take me through what that was like, you know, leading up to it also. And then did, did you, when you guys came out on the other side, you know, they, did you feel like, okay, you know what, we don't have Manny, but we do have a good player? Or were you just like, hey, we don't have Manny, this is going to be harder? No, that, that was a tough situation because I, I honestly have a soft spot for Manny. I, uh, for me, he's the best right-handed hitter that I saw because – it seemed like he had no weaknesses. When I look at, you know, when they talk about the quadrants, up and away, up and then low and away, low and in, he had no weakness. And I was like, how's this guy so talented? So, you know, when when we would have meetings and be like, what are we going to do with Manny when he doesn't want, we're like, hey, hold on. It's 40 and 130 every year. Let's, let's <laughs> you know, it, it, this can't be like, you know, a, a, a tyrant, you know, a government where, everyone's treated the same you know you got to do things a little different for different guys it's kind of like the way jimmy johnson said he coached the dallas cowboys he said detroit and fell asleep you know during video what would you do he goes i'd tap her on the shoulder and tell him to wake up he goes but if a special teams guy falls asleep i'm gonna cut him so you know you, you gotta understand what you're playing with so the only part that i think became very difficult with manny was his locker was in the training room hmm. he was not part of the clubhouse so when he made his statement that, you know, his big thing was he had two option years mm. and he wanted the team to pick him up. So when it became that, and then when, when you can make the statement, you can say whatever you want, I don't care. But then when you don't respond, when the media wants to talk to you, what is the media going to do? They're going to go to all the other guys. Mm. Hey, how do you feel about what Manny says? So for me, I'm, I was a very, I don't know, I guess you could call it in a certain way, you're selfish. I was very selfish when it came to my preparation for a game. Like, I liked my routine. I liked doing things. I, I tried to eliminate distractions. And that was, I, I don't. I had no problem talking to the media, but I wanted, if I was going to talk to the media, I wanted to be at a certain time, you know, which was accommodating to everyone. Mm. But I didn't really want to waste time talking about Manny's contract. I go, Manny's made more money than I ever dreamed of making playing baseball. <laughs> you know, why, why am I worried about me? Like, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't care for the distraction of other people asking me my opinion on Manny's contract situation because, honestly, whether my opinion whether I went one way or the other, wasn't going to change anything anyways. That was John Henry and Theo Epstein's problem. Mm. You know, so so that's where I think it became uncomfortable. And then when it just got to the point where we knew we were better off without him, I personally, I played against Jason Bay a lot when he was with Pittsburgh, and he was a pain in the butt for us. Mm. So when, I picked, when we picked him up, I was excited. And honestly, he was fantastic for us. Mm. He was, I mean, it was speed. He hit great. He, you know, we plugged him into the middle of the lineup. He's a great team guy, a worker. So, I'm not saying he put up Manny numbers, but it, w- it would have been tough to find anyone else that could have done as good of a job during that run than what than what Jay Bay did. For me, honestly, 08, my biggest regret for me was my my hip because mm. I felt like if I was healthy, you know, we going back to depth. Marcotte could have given us depth instead of moving you to third because I needed hip surgery. I'm putting Kotze at first. You know, he was an outfielder. Not that he's not capable, but you know, you're putting guys in a postseason situation playing positions that they didn't play for 150 games. Mm. You know, and that, you know, that hurt us. So that that's kind of my health-wise biggest regret that I really believe we had a team to repeat. Yeah. yeah. In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of the Moth Podcast for you. 
The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field and then I, uh, I look over at my dad and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it.